Hey guys, what's up? Uh, Ty here. I just wanted to say, I figured it, would, it was probably a good idea to pop in up front and say that there's about 15 minutes of like pretty frank discussion about sexual assault and the effects of sexual assault and just fig figure it's probably uh, nicer to the people, you know, who, who that might have stir up some stuff in to, you know, just know ahead of time in case they want to skip that. It's from around 30 minutes to maybe like 45 minutes in. Uh, I don't have the exact time stamped, but just be careful about that if that's something that like fucks with you a lot. Uh, otherwise, I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, all right, take it away, Angie. Uh, this is the big one. It's Moral Oral Season 3. In my opinion, one of the best seasons of TV ever. And uh, I'm really excited to finally talk about it and finally show it to uh, Ty and Andy and figure out whether or not they agree with me that it's really that good. Uh, but before we get into it, um, joined by uh, the composer of the theme song for the show. Hi. And my girlfriend, Angie. Hi. On her first full season appearance. She's been on here before, but only talking about specific episodes. <laughs> yeah. This is the first time where she's talking about a full season of TV with us. I actually did not uh, re-watch the uh, full season to do this episode because I've already seen it like three times already in full. So it's a lot of it is just mm. yeah, permanently etched into my brain. And also celebrating their 13th birthday. Happy birthday, Angie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for... Uh... Thank you for the they, by the way. That's yeah, my, I'm polite. That's my trendy new pronoun that I use to <laughs> be a... It's chic. So, um, oh boy, uh, this is going to be a... We on those good old-fashioned values, we tend to talk about goofy seasons of TV. And we talk about Family Guy, American Dad, uh, Cleveland Show. Even previous moral oral seasons uh, have mostly been more comedic than dramatic. I yeah, the, I think this is the bread the bread and butter of this show is funny as shit that we're going to Health Horfo show. Yeah, but um, this is a yeah, bit the, of a the show is a <laughs> this is a try not to laugh challenge show, <laughs> and we. We've made the departure to talk about definitely the darkest and most dramatic season of TV we've ever talked about. And I think it's time we did it because I always use it as like the gold standard of dramedy TV or animated dramedy TV, basically. And I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're finally here. But before we get in, uh, we're going to ask Angie the, um, the, <laughs> what the their first time watching Family Guy was like. No, no, Angie. What got you into Moral Oral, basically? I was, like, aware of this show when I was a kid, and I was aware that it was a very dark show with um, lots of, like, insane shit that happens in it. But, and it had a sort of mystique for me, is like, wow, that this show just, like, turned into hell. It turned into horror by the end. I don't know why I didn't pay that much attention to it, but a few years later, I, like, saw numb like in 2017 or something i saw numb and i saw like a couple of other episodes and i was like holy fuck 
and I didn't pick it back up again until like, I want to say 2018, 2019, which is when I decided to just finally fucking watch the thing all the way through. And it fucking floored me. It, it It's like, I'm not sure how to describe it. Obviously, like, for reasons that will become clear throughout the episode, it's a very personal kind of series for me. Right, but... What attracted me to it is, like... Yeah. The way it explores the social dynamics, and it doesn't just go for, like, that lazy sort of approach you get with, like, a lot of other, ah, wow, this is a fundamentalist Christianity type stuff, where it's just like, ah, wow, they believe in 6,000-year-old Earth and whatnot. Wow, they are, like, epic uh, Christards. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, we're here at Season 3. Season 3, in case you don't have as much familiarity with the show, the show started out, as we've talked about before, as kind of a goofy parody of, like, American Protestantism. It's a, you know, Leave it to Beaver type thing with, uh, you know, that Adult Swim style of, like, uh, grotesquery and randomness. Yeah, crazy, epic, spooky shit. Yeah, and uh, as time went on, it slowly descended into something a lot more dark and started really taking, like, the emotional stakes of living in this cartoon seriously. And here we are after the network executives really liked the nature episode from season two. Uh, they allowed Dino to go as dark as he wanted with this show, which ended up being what canceled it. Um, but he... they. They let him do a season. They ended up shorting it from 20 to 13 episodes. And you can definitely see, like, how they're kind of, like, trying to... They had to shove some stuff together and... Yeah. Yeah. They had to jerry-rig it to to make sure there's, like, a thematic through line. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that as far as, like... Even with the amount that the the suits hacked off, I personally think that this is, like, one of the best seasons of TV ever, even though you can very clearly see, like, the... The seams. You can kind of yeah. see the yeah the seams. But I wanted to ask Andy and Ty what you two thought of it. So Andy, what did you think of season three? Well, I'll start out by saying this. Uh, yeah, it's good. Uh, no, no shit. Moral of season three is good. But I think it's I think it's a little different than uh, the what you kind of made me uh, believe, Spencer. Mm. Uh, the way you sort of described this show, I thought I was kind of. Yeah, you described season three, I think, as sort of a jump in quality. I don't really get that. What I would say is that Moral Oral season three is Moral Oral seasons one and two without a lot of the baggage filler episodes and a much tighter, consistent thing. Mm. I wouldn't say that, like, the highs of Moral Oral season three are particularly higher than the, se- than the highs of one and two, but it lacks a lot of the low points, which you know, makes this kind of what the show always should have been, in my mm. opinion. Mm. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm glad it was finally able to get there. Yeah. Uh, or what did what about you, Ty? See, I, I think I came at it from, like, the opposite direction, where it's, uh, I can see definitely that they are trying something new. Like, I'm thinking especially of the episode Grounded, where, you know, it could, and and uh, later, what what's the episode with the eggs? Um, sacri- or, not sacrifice. Um, Nesting. Is it sacrifice? We'll, we'll talk about the eggs. Yeah, stuff. where where there is an attempt to go above and beyond, like what they had touched on in previous seasons, as like you know that kind of the dark, seedy underbelly of like you know religious fundamentalism, and it's like oh, it's not actually as funny and like as you know as innocent as like you know it can be made out to be. Like 
there, there is definitely that, but the last season is trying something so completely different with like weird, like phantasmagoric scenes of like near death and like, you know, uh, expansion of the consciousness and like actual, like, things that have really nothing to do with the actual, like, uh, religious politics of the town. Like, I'm thinking of the episode, uh, 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 Sundays, not Sundays. Um, what's the one where it's all the women, the, th- it's the three different women stories. Um, oh, oh alone. Um, what is it? Alone. Alone. Yeah. That's the one that like got alone. it canceled. Ugh, that's such a shame. Cause it's a really good one. Um, yeah. Or, or like dumb or a lot of it is like standalone stories that like, I I guess in some way Mm -hmm. touch on, like, the cultural uh, conservatism that, like, shapes a lot of, like, how the town functions. But this season is really, like, taking a step away from being a parody of religion and more just being, like, an actual kind of queer-eyed peek into, like, different facets of life in, like, you know, a small town, which, yeah, are cartoonified in some ways. And I think there are definitely some misses or at least some stuff that isn't as wrong. But I do think, like, they are... I, I, I am opposed to Andy in this and that. I think they are trying something really completely new from the rest of it. And I don't think it would have worked had this been what the show was the whole time. Because I think you really need to... I think the fact that they're, like, pulling the rug out from under you is what what gives it the effect it has i don't know if i would say it's the best season of tv ever but i think that it 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 is definitely it is something that i don't think was really tried before or has been tried since and i think that you can appreciate it yeah 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 i want to i think that's i want to give like a couple of points building off of what ty said which is uh first of all like that progression that you mentioned that's definitely like a big part of it that's a big part of it i think um, if I recall correctly, they were actually trying to develop it. Like, before it got cancelled, they were aiming to develop it after Season 3 into a longer series titled Moralton, which lost the focus so much on Oral and just became more, like, alone and dumb right. and episodes like that, where it's, like, examining life in Moralton as a town. whole. Yeah. yeah, just about the yeah. people in the town. Also, like, the the point about, like, how it becomes serious while still retaining, like, a lot of cartoony quality that's also interesting that reminds me of like joni phillips um the uh filmmaker i'm describing her animations as like trying to make you feel things for people with garfield eyes um (laughs) that's like a very interesting sort of dynamic to me right it's um, like extending compassion and yeah. like human dignity to non-human entities it's an interesting project yeah i don't the, or just i like think that there are times creating... where it drags this season down but yeah. yeah yeah i think there are some misfires this season uh like the egg stuff i think is kind of a questionable inclusion. i i think but I, I agree with you all that some of the cartoonier episodes are the weak links of the season but I... I think there were less cartoonier episodes overall and even in the cartoonier ones there felt more like there were scenes like more like the good episodes unlike season one and two where the cartoonier episodes felt more committed i think that what makes them work here is that even in episodes like uh nesting and grounded which are very much just you know those are more typical like season two or season one moral oral episodes i think that one right they really go all out and like the filmmaking aspects of it like grounded has Mm -hmm. all of these like gothic canted angles in it and like 
uh, nesting has these like really avant-garde like montages in them. So and very strong facial expressions. Yes. So even mm-hmm. as they are, the plots aren't as strong as some of the best points of this season. I think that the, the they they kind of glide over the weak points just by from like a formal perspective, really going all out. Like they we talked in the first episode about how great the stop motion filmmaking is, and here they are like at the top of their game. This consistently is extremely expressive just from like a filmmaking perspective it looks amazing and it's really like all the characters have these great expressions and i think that even when i am i'm not blind to the fact that some of the episodes in this do feel like uh you know from earlier seasons and you can definitely see them kind of like gliding over some stuff in the second half but i i think that the the strength of the filmmaking carries it through I'm not going to fault, like, a lot of, like, the pacing with, like, the second half and whatnot gliding over and whatnot, just because of, like, it was planned to be a lot longer, and they were trying to develop more, and so, like, the cancellation and reduction of the budget and everything just kind of forced them to be like, oh, crap, we can't do all these scripts, we have to cram them a bit more. We should, I guess we should talk about that first. they did amazing with what they, they, with that limitation. Yeah, with the limitation in mind, they did pretty much as best as they could the second half of the season originally planned it used it was going to be a 20 episode season and they wanted to do some stuff like they wanted to have with his grandfather uh, right yeah with his grandfather um and they wanted to have more episodes about they obviously wanted to expand on the subplot about clay's affair with the egg lady and they wanted to you know, mm-hmm. ha- do more stuff with, like, some of the things that they only gestured at the season, like with um Block and Shapey. Right. But they didn't get as much of a chance to do that because the show pulled... They also... Dino also, I think, w- had an outline for, like, a four-season-long arc towards, like, a redemption <laughs> arc for Oral, basically. And... Oh um, like, like, yeah. four, like, like, four total or four after this? I think, like, four after this. That's insane. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, like, I don't know how you... I'm looking at some of the Lost episode stuff on Wikipedia, and I think that would have been nice, but I feel like... Like, episode 13 is a good enough series finale. Like, I don't... Okay, Four more seasons? Are you... Really? I think that the plan was is that it wouldn't all be like this. I think the really, really dark stuff would be, like, you know, it... Most of it would be this season and would just kind of be piecemeal from there on out. I think that they were slowly going to, like sort of let oral get a more positive position in life but again that this yeah this was essentially the dark turn and they were going to slowly kind of climb up from here right this was the yeah, this do was remember. the fucking revenge of this or return of the sith or whatever the fuck the episode five is yeah yeah, yeah. do remember that do remember what i was mentioning about like they were trying to develop it into like a new kind of series called Moralton. and they were trying to change it like quite a bit like yeah. I always think, I think about this a lot, like, slightly tangential, but, like, imagine, picture, like, how awful The Simpsons is now and has been since, like, around season 10 or so. Think about, like, 22 short films about Springfield. That was originally, like, supposed right. to be, like, the pilot. They were going to, like, let Simpson- Simpsons die off and turn it into a new series that's more about the rest of Springfield. And... Think about how that could have actually that been, cool. 
been a much better trajectory for the series if it like morphed into just being about Springfield instead of allowing the main characters to just get turned into these bizarre gods that have no reference to anything other than themselves. They could have made a spinoff called like the Lenny show. Yeah, they they could have they could have yeah. like actually done a lot of that with that, and I think like that's what Moral Oral was aiming for by trying to turn into Moralton. They could have had like a long redemption arc for Oral, but focusing on him less, so you can more see the conditions around him that like in the end contribute to his development. Yeah, I think I mean that could have worked. I think is what I'm saying. I don't really think there's anything necessarily wrong with that, and I think it could. But I, 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 I think it could have worked if you. But I, I think it. I think ending. I do think it definitely could have suffered right as well. Yeah, yeah. I think that. Um, that I, I remember talking to Angie when we watched this the first time, and I said, "I'm kind of glad the show, you know, got canceled when it was here because yeah. I don't know if I could have taken more than <laughs> one season of this. I would have loved to see how it played out, but it, 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 it feels like." It feels like also like asking for more Futurama also. It's like, wh- mm. what do you think would happen? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what we got here, I think, aside from, you know, some stuff that obviously needed more time to be fleshed out, like Clay's affair with um, the egg lady. Mr. Sensordal, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Sensordal. I think that what we got here is pretty fantastic. I think that the way the last episode, Honor, works as a... I think they were smart to end it there because it's... It, like nature last season, is a really important turning point, and mm-hmm. you can see the seeds of like change happen at the end of the episode when Clay's affair with Coach Stopframe finally, like you know, finally getting revealed to the family, and sort of Clay's whole facade as like the respectable patriarch of the family, it like dies even in the rest Starts of his family's apart. eyes. Yeah. 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 And even, it, that, I think, is the right place to end the show. Yeah, even fucking Stop Frame just starts to see him as just, like, pathetic, like... Yeah, and I, I think that if they had to, you know, end the show really early, I think ending it with Clay's, like, kind of world collapsing and then cutting forward a little bit to an incredibly sweet ending, it was almost, like, the perfect way to go. Yeah, one thing that I wanted to note there, like, as I was mentioning with why. It, it's kind of so special how it how it avoids like the cheap route of straw manning like Protestant fundamentalism is that it ends with Oral in a nuclear heterosexual family as a devout Christian, but because yeah. of the kind of person that he's become, it ends well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I do I do think that that is like a critical point that this show is. Maybe not explicit about, but definitely informs a lot about the show. Is that like it, it is? It doesn't take the easy route of being like, "Oh, Christianity is bad because it gives you, you know, cover for yeah. doing all this shitty stuff." It's like, no, people are going to do this shitty stuff, and ca- or and uh, Christianity is the 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 vector like through which they apply all their shittiness. But it's like it, it's it yeah, it's not like the. It's not, I mean, and the, you can have, you can quibble with, like, the institution of organized religion itself, but, like, the show's argument has never been, like, it's inherently evil. It's, like, it is a tool that, like, people who are already bad and in pain and, like, bitter use to, you know, justify that. And it, and it, I do like that it makes it very clear where it's, like, but that's not what it has to be. And, like, yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's a much more mature take on that than, like, most other 
you know, nominally anti-religious piece of media made like in that time or since. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think you, um, you kind of see that also in, in yeah. the sense of outside of the oral family, who is the most focused and sympathetic side character, maybe not in the whole season, but in the back half is, uh, Reverend Putty, who gets oh, a lot of play. Yeah. Yeah. He ends up just being like this flawed guy who doesn't even know what he believes. And, and has a cool he, daughter. Yeah, and has a cool yeah. daughter and just like kind of hangs around his job just because it's what exists. Easier, yeah. Yeah. I Speaking of not taking the easy way out, I think that the most crucial part of this season that makes it a certain friend of mine who I'm not going to call out on the podcast uh, called the season of TV misery porn. And I think that the way it avoids that trap is I think the extent to which it really tries to humanize and even make you sympathize with Clay, mm-hmm. especially after season two. Season two ends with Clay doing the most monstrous Sh- thing yeah. he's ever yeah. done. Shooting his and, son and then yeah. not even caring. Yeah. Which legitimately, yeah. like, disco- like I think when we first watched it, I remember it like turning my stomach. It's it's legitimately like yeah. harrowing to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, the way good media about abuse generally, I think the at least a lot of it, it, this one in particular, does a really good job of not whitewashing how awful Clay is mm-hmm. in the present, but doing a really, really thorough job of basically explaining how he got like this mm-hmm. like right. i everyone signals out alone which is this episode that got the show canceled the one uh where with, it, that's it about implies that rape victims or, or at least can like also have conflicted like uh yeah. feelings mm-hmm. towards their assault which like yeah. i'm not qualified to talk about but i can imagine that being a, a yeah touchy that, subject that, that for is a lot li- of, that, uh, that is yeah. literally like, a big executives that is a yeah. literally a big fucking thing. Yeah, I imagine, and, but um, I also imagine it, it would make the thing somewhat toxic to uh, to the yeah. people who are like producing it. It it yeah, like I see why they canceled it, even as I don't know that it was justified. Yeah, but it's not really my place to whatever. Well, Alone is the episode everyone sing- singles out as like the the really really dark and depressing one, um, and it is pretty hard to watch. But the the one right. that really really destroys me is um passing. The one about Clay's own upbringing yeah. and how basically how it, it's sort of the perfect marriage of like, it still has some of that cartoony humor in it. But yeah, like the it, miscarriages there's a, list. Yeah, yeah, the miscarriages list. But there's a lot of real pain like underlining it, like mm-hmm. the way Clay is in this household where he's being smothered by his mom and his dad is just actively like resents jealous. him. And then, yeah. yeah, and then the mom dies and... You know, it's partially Clay's fault, even though it's not really. And the dad basically starts amping up the abuse. And without the shield of his mom, it just, like, completely ruins his life. Yeah, what's interesting to point out is that he, like, specifically yearns for, like, the actual physical abuse. Because that's the only emotional response that he actually gets. No, and and I think the show does a really good job of that. And, And also, I think, ties it into, like, how he became someone who who is so fixated with like religion as like a crucial factor of his life I, because like yeah the only the only attention that he got from his like living parent was when he you know went deeper into like taking the scripture as fact and then his dad would beat the shit out of him which like is not healthy but it's easy to see how a kid who is like 
you know, who has a negligent parent could latch on to, like, whatever will bring that parent's attention to them, and it would form, like, a significant part of their adult life, and it's like, I think they do a really nuanced and, like, convincing job of showing exactly how that pipeline worked for Clay. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. I think it's also... There, there's so many cheap routes they could have gone with that, you know? Like... Yeah. Ta- yeah. Talking about Clay, I think it's also kind of interesting in, in the other flashback episode how, like, you could make an argument that uh, the Blaverta kind of trapped Clay in the marriage almost. Like, yeah, they, yeah. They, yeah. Oh, for sure. And that, like, the, yeah. you know, they're, they're sort of stuck with each other. Yeah, I Which, think the show makes that argument pretty explicitly. Yeah, is that, like, yeah, yeah. She just needed something to latch onto, and she basically, yeah, she tricked this pretty naive guy with, like, uh, a, a clearly an addictive, you know, personality waiting to be exploited into like, yeah, set like ruining his life basically. And mm-hmm. it's like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't excuse how he treats her, but it's like it, it is some kind of nuance where it's like, oh no, this was like a serious. This marriage was a seriously unhealthy thing, like not just for her, yeah. but like for him, and he was kind of railroaded into it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He seems like again in the episode. Um. In the episode uh, before passing uh, help, it like it makes Clay seem like he is pretty well adjusted. Like for, I mean, it's just a little piece, but it seems like he is he's a lot, a lot more normal in that flashback episode. And he makes a point of not drinking too. Yeah. And I yeah, wonder, it, I wonder if in that like, episode, like he knows what drinking does to him, or if it's just like he, it, it's just like that's what comes out once he, you know. D- performs like quote unquote the original sin of you know giving his body over to that temptation or whatever. It's an interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know how the uh, writers thought about it, but it's an interesting thing to think about. So yeah. also, I, I wanted uh, to make. I wanted to make a. Continue. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just wanted to make the point like right before passing and help. Oh wait, actually a couple episodes before, but trigger one thing that always sticks out to me in relation to passing and help is just like. In the episode, not as, was it Trigger or was it another episode? I'm trying to remember. Uh, well, where... what are you, what what are you talking about? And then we can help you okay. triangulate. Whichever it. episode it was that focuses on Doey and Oral, um, and they find that's Trigger, and they find their parents, and they find that uh, uh, Oral's parents are basically like family swapping. Oh, that's in that's in yeah, season that's two. Yeah, that's season two yeah. episode. I always think about this yeah. one scene. Yeah, I was thinking it was a season two episode. I don't know why. Um, I was always I always think about this one scene from that episode in relation to these season three episodes when Clay and Liberta get home. When Clay gets home, they start arguing, but they're kind of smiling about it. They're enjoying the argument. Right. They're enjoying the hatred and misery that they're inflicting on each other. It's like the only meaning in their lives yeah. that they're deriving, either of them, is just like pure in making sure that the other is miserable. Wow. Did they write this? Uh, did they write this show about online? Right. <laughs> Sorry. So, we, I think oh, we have God. been I think we have been. Yeah kiting Andy around for long enough. I, I'm sorry. I, I wanted yeah. to talk about uh, the thing that I think surprised me most about Moral Moral Season 3, which is that, like, the first five episodes are prequels. Are uh, episodes yeah. that take place in Non-linear. either uh, yeah. over the course mm-hmm. of the series or right before uh, the finale of Season 2. <laughs> the first episode felt like a shotgun blast. Like it was, it was honest, upfront, and a mission statement. 
Uh, that's that's the one where uh, we see what uh, Bulberta was doing during the hunting trip. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Begins with no children by the mountain goats, which is basically if you want to say we are sad now, yeah. that's one of the best yes. ways to do it. It's literally the song is like, I'm fucking sad and no one likes me and my life sucks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want to kill my wife. Yeah, my wife sucks and we're in an unhappy marriage and also I'm gay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but so, sorry, Andy. Andy. Well, yeah, continue. I, I the... just want to sort of go over those a little bit. Oh yeah. So, mm-hmm. so I, I think what you're getting at though is I think a good point. Cause a lot, it, it really shows how much of this season, like, even, like it, it hits you up front with the fact that like a lot of this season is about like recontextualization of not only like what events in this show have meant, but what the show itself is about. And yes, I think starting it off precisely. with like literally recontextualizing the events of nature is, is a really, really good way of like getting the audience kind of soaked in that before they go for yeah, like, the more abstract stuff. It is, yeah. it is yeah, a yeah. very smart way of doing a season premiere that like I have not seen any other show did of completely recontextualizing and, and structuring your, your seat, the first half of your season around the, the previous season finale. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And, and it would not work if nature was any less competent, uh, if it wasn't right. one of the best moral yeah. episodes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I could see a show that maybe isn't this one doing that, like doing a similar move around like an episode that seemed kind of happy if that like, and I, I could see that working equ- equally, but yeah, I think the fact that they do it with like nature, which is so, which already like so thoroughly ch- shocked the expectations of people who are watching, like it makes a lot of sense that that's the one that they build it around, obviously, because it was, you know, what happened right before they came back, but like I, I don't I don't think that it necessarily has to be like that situation that a show could pull a trick like this, but I think that the fact that it was that situation really, really helped this show like build up what it was trying to do. Yeah. I wanna point out about uh Numb in particular, one of the things that makes it work, as we were discussing with like the relation to the first two seasons and the use of comedy and whatnot, is like one of the things that makes it so effective, I think is that there is a really, really strong undercurrent of really, really dark humor throughout the that episode, especially, where right. you, yes. like, Liberta just shopping for another drill to mutilate herself with at the hardware store, and in the background you just hear, um, No Hammers Hardware Store, for the last time! It's just my name! Over and over. <laughs> yeah. And no, what, it's it, yeah. and while it's definitely it's clear that like there's still comedy writers at heart, even though they're yeah. trying to take this more serious tack. Yeah, no, it 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 helps that this season, like even some during some of the darker episodes, it is often really really funny, just yeah. in like a much mm-hmm. bleaker way. Should we talk about alone? Since alone is like we're we're not really doing the typical structure for this episode, but I do think yeah. that if there's any episode that we have to go in deep on, it's alone, since that's the the one that got the show canceled and yeah. like. The most Probably the biggest swing out of a season that. of big swings. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a strong one. Yeah. Alone, just to recap, is the one that follows... Uh, there's no Oral in it. There's no Puppington in it. It's just... It is a story about three of the women in Moralton. Three and, of the women. Uh, it is... Yeah. There are three um, women in Moralton. <laughs> Spencer's sure, just staring um, at the wall and... Nurse Bendy, Miss Sculptum, and Miss Sensordoll. And they all get a very 
Very interesting stuff to do. Um, Nurse Bendy, uh, it sort of sets up her next ep- uh, her next episode. Nurse Bendy has this surrogate family of stuffed animals that she's using to cope with the fact that she doesn't have a real family and that she's also being sexually assaulted for her mm-hmm. job. It uh, which a- it ends with a really really devastating scene where basically just like one of the stuffed animals God, gets that she's pretending God. to be like yeah. her perfect family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, and it, it gives her like a flashback, basically. It, it, well, she bumps it accidentally, and it it sends like the bear that she's like pretending is her husband into a sexually uh, uh, suggestive like position. Yeah. So it, it it's like an implication that like no every everyone in her life only sees her as like a sexual object, even though like yeah, she yeah, has yeah. this Fuck. fantasy, to, like even this fantasy that she's using to avoid that can't maintain it. Yeah, it's it's really yeah. it's really I I think. Of the three, I think I feel the worst for uh, Nurse Bendy. Just because, yes. like, her life sucks so fucking hard. And she's, like, she, I mean, she's obnoxious, but, like, it seems like she's genuinely, like, an okay person at heart. And it's, yeah, it's so sad to watch, like, how much everyone just fucking uses her like a utensil. Remember when I had a Nurse Bendy, Avi? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice when, um, they, they have two nice episodes this season. It's, yeah, um. Dumb and. What is it? It's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dumb and close face. Yes. And Dumb and Close Face have like very happy endings for a couple of characters. Close face, it's for Reverend Stephanie Putty and, and Putty. uh yeah. Ty's girlfriend. Yeah. And my, um, my waifu. And in Dumb, they basically discover that the Joe, the school bully, um, is Nurse Bendy's son. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the two of the it ends with the two of How them starting you feel to bond. About the, the stuff with like Joe's uh Joe's like family they live lives with. Um, his dad and his sister or his half sister yeah. I, I I think that was one of the moments that felt a bit cartoony uh, especially like the whole thing where his sister's just like oh he's like why didn't you tell me that you know my mom is alive and she's like I don't know I'm not your mom like I get that it's supposed to be ironic but also like that that's not that's something that like like if you saw someone do that in real life you'd be like oh no you're just a psychopath like you you have mm-hmm. a mental disorder that makes you a bad person. Yeah. yeah. But back to Alone, uh, the Bendy stuff's great. Miss Censordal, Miss Censordal stuff, I think, is mostly just to set up um, a the plot that was later. And, like, yeah. It's implied that she has, like, a grand plan for the whole town. Yeah. And it didn't really get, they didn't really get to explore mm. that. I'm kind of glad they didn't get to explore that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm it also. Because she kind of sucks. Yeah, she is. I I agree with Andy that she is one of the less interesting characters in the show. I think she works better when the, she was. For, well, goofy. let me. Let me. Sorry, one person at a time. I just. I also wanted to say I don't know that there's really too too much to go into, but just for the listeners' edification, if they're not like if they haven't watched this, it also sets up that like her mother, who is like still alive and is also kind of like a shrew, apparently like her like had her forcibly uh, sterilized when she was a child, and that's led to like a lot of the psychosexual like obsession with eggs and like control and everything that she has uh, as like fundamental aspects of her character like throughout the whole show. Mm-hmm. So, like, it kind of gives some grounding to, like, why she's, like, how she is, even though I, I do agree with Andy that she's not a particularly strong character. I think Doll worked better yeah. in season one when she was just, like, when the whole show was like her. But, like, the more right. grounded the show becomes, the the worse she kind of sticks out. Yeah. yeah. Especially because the tack they take with her, like, as it gets darker is not to, like, actually find a human place with her. 
Which I they do a bit, but the big thing that they do with her is just make her like more megalomaniacal, and it's like th- this kind of clashes with the tone of like serious earnest drama that they're going with now. Yeah, but yeah. sorry, that is um, that is a huge tangent from what Spencer has been trying yeah. to change the subject for. And <laughs> then there is a Miss Sculptum, yeah, um, which is probably what is got the, the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Cancel. The yeah. sculptum is seen in her apartment, and a lot of it's provided piecemeal through like newspaper clippings and uh, radio signals. Yeah. And the chronology is that basically the 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 pedophile uh, ice cream truck driver from the previous season, Mister Creepler, it's heavily implied that he was like a serial, or not even implied, it's just stated that yeah. he was a serial rapist who raped multiple women throughout the town. But the media covered it up because they don't want to talk about something like rape, but. Yeah. After he broke into her apartment and did it to her, she sort of developed a weird fixation with him and kind of left the door mm-hmm. open just so he could come In case, back. Yeah, yeah, it happens again because she got yeah, exactly. like some kind of weird or or she she yeah. I I think that I don't think this is again any of our places to or at least any of the main three's places to talk about. But like, yeah, it's implied that like she she has. Yeah, fixated on it like sexually, either as like a you know uh, survival mechanism or as like a weird kind yes. of like, uh, or maybe not even weird, but just like a yeah. you know kind of like a, like a fetish formation or something. Just but, a post-traumatic yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. One of the, and- yeah. I was about to say, like, given that I'm probably like the most qualified yeah, within more like qualified than the within like you know standpoint epistemology to talk about it. Like, yeah. Right. Um, it is definitely a thing where you just dis- develop a desire to be re-victimized. Very often, like, one of the things that about any kind of sexual assault is that, like, one of the most, like, traumatizing things about it that they don't exactly tell you is the way that your body, quote-unquote, betrays you. That is, right. like, even when it's completely unwanted you don't want it at all you didn't give consent it's forcible then you're still going to have some kind of physical sexual response to the right. act because you're still engaging you're, in sexual yeah, you're actions still, even though yeah, there's yeah. not the consent behind it yeah. yeah and one of the things about that is that that can generate a fuckload of confusion that can generate like that's like one right. of the biggest drivers of guilt among like rape survivors is just like i i on some level, my body and, like, the reptilian parts of my brain, quote-unquote, enjoyed it. Therefore, I must have loved it. Therefore, I brought it on myself. Therefore, there's something wrong with me. So she was, like... It's also notice how, like, she is portrayed as someone with OCD. She probably already has some kind of, like, guilt complexes going on. Some kind of underlying, like, fixations. So, like, that kind of thing, like, melding with, like being traumatized um by the rape that she endured kind of like you know there's another component to it because like if i recall correctly on the newspapers flashing on the screen state sort of that she kind of lured him in as like a self-sacrifice in a sense so that she could like and she turned him in based on that i i didn't get that but i could see that being what they were going for and i just was not yeah, paying if, enough if, attention. If, mm. if, I, if I was looking at the newspapers correctly, that seemed to be, like, the case. I, I think, like, 
That's a very interesting thing where she has like multiple motivations. She has multiple motivations. She has multiple conflicting desires in her. She does, she's traumatized by it and she's afraid of it, but at the same time wants to reenact it because it was like, to be honest, um, one of the other big things is that like, that act that being involved in that kind of often destroys your sense of meaning and so you start to reconstruct a sense of meaning and it'll necessarily be constructed in large part around the rape or assault itself and so right she's likely constructed a, a big part of the meaning of her life around that and so wanted to go back to it as a means of trying to figure out okay what the fuck actually happened what the fuck am i supposed to do now Mm. No, and it and again, I don't know if there are people on the staff who like had experience with how that feels. I don't know that it particularly matters, but mm. like I do think, at least from my limited understanding, and I, I think other people on the show would agree, is like they do at least a good job of like making an implication that that's going on, even though they do it like kind of abstractly. And I think mm-hmm. that uh, like I, I think that there is a lot to dig into that, unfortunately, I fr- yeah, from they... an un- you know what this kind of got me thinking of is like the whole. Uh, cause it's just, re- uh, re resurfacing now because of the Hugo nominations is the whole Isabel fall, you know, I identify as an attack helicopter mm-hmm. is like, there is a lot to dig into. And there is a lot, like, it is a nuanced look at like the topic that it is trying to cover, but at, at a glance where if you are not interested in like, uh, absorbing critically what the show is trying to say, it can just look like needless, like kind of over the line provocation and, I think I think for this one, maybe it's a little bit more justified than the other one, which I think was a lot of uh, cowardly and, and very uh, opportunistic fucking freaks just trying to steamroll something because they read a title that made them upset. But I, I do think there is like something there where it's like if you're if you are looking at something kind of at a surface level, it is very easy to mistake something that is like trying to deal with the, the like the grays of trauma in that, like it is often a messy thing that has like has mixed, you know, joy and terror and, and hurt and, you know, pleasure and everything. And like, and, and really something that is the fact that it is so difficult to work through is what makes it like such a enduring factor of the lives of people who like go into it and it, mm-hmm. it's easy to look at that and not really put in the mental effort to kind of like decipher that and be like oh no this is just this is someone going way way too far in trying to like make me feel bad which is what i think the unnamed friend of the show is a, a perfect example of um yeah i think like one of the mm-hmm. int- yeah one Sorry, of the i don't things- know if that made sense but i no, yeah. it definitely made sense one of the things i was very interested in was like the way it goes with its depictions the, w- the way it uses its depictions because like with like the way that nurse bendy is depicted and the way that miss skultum are depicted miss skultum's rape is depicted in such a fascinating way because it's depicted very symbolically very expressionistically yeah. very non shadows on the wall the shadows like, on the wall and, the ouroboros yeah. and everything to indicate what yeah, in part the, just to indicate like what a fucking out of normal experience this is for her and right when it first happens and like how it kind of reshapes like her experience of the world 
and which like not to yeah, interrupt, it, but it, but by the way, the whole the the whole sequence of like her reflecting on that through like the shadow of Mister Creepler like coming out of the mirror and then like turning into that like as you said the Ouroboros that but that kind of like collapses in on itself and like a, a very clearly like sexual imagery of like two bodies becoming one. Like it, is, I think it is probably my favorite little bit of like visual uh, storytelling that the show yeah, has yeah. like all three it, seasons it of the show. Yeah. It yeah. completely fucking like avoids being lurid or anything is one of my, is like yeah. my favorite part of it. Even I'd even yeah, go they, so- they, it's clear that they're not trying to do anything like they're not doing it for shock value. Yeah, yeah, they avoid yeah they're anything not being like taking is like titillating. Yeah, yeah, they're not they're not definitely not going for like the ah rape. This is so shocking point. Uh, I yeah. was about to say, like, the way they depict Nurse Bendy is actually, like, very fucking interesting to me as well, because, like, she's, like, being sexually abused as a routine occurrence. Right, of um, course. And, like, there's heavy implications that she's been enduring this since she was a child. And one of the right. things that, that I find interesting is now, now she's, she's an adult now. And one of the things I find interesting is, like, the way that they depict it. Like, there's one scene somewhere where I think the principal or someone is, like, having sex with her. And it's fascinating the way it is shot completely de-eroticizes it. It removes any trace of, like, actual sexuality yeah, I, from it. Because she's... If I remember right, it's... it's The the implication is just, like, it's on her face and the camera is, like, moving in and out, right? Like, yeah, to and, imply, and, like, thrusting. Yeah, and yeah. it switches to her point of view a couple of times... And it's just about, like, how... It's fascinating because, like, the eroticism is deliberately stripped from it. Yeah. It avoids being lurid by just It's being, almost like a... It's like rutting. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like, a, it's like avoids, a mechanical action yeah, instead of... Yeah, it avoids being yeah. lurid by just focusing Which is, on, I think, how Bendy sees it a yeah, lot. Yeah, she's fucking yeah. dissociating really hard, just taking her mind yeah. completely off of it to get through it. And that's, like, a really, like, fascinating way of portraying it completely unglamorized not lurid not like eroticized not like made to be titillating in the least it's like this is just awful and useless yeah it, it's literally and like again this sounds so pretentious but like i what i think the show does very well is like it is pretty good at avoiding like the sexualization of sex in like because mo mm -hmm. most of the time it shows sex is in like pretty coercive situations in the show mm -hmm. Uh, it doesn't have a whole lot of, like, uh, attention that it pays on, like, just healthy, you know, with sex and healthy relationships, mostly because there is not a whole lot of that. Mm. But it, it is kind of, I don't want to say, like, brave, but it's it shows a remarkable, like, amount of understanding and compassion for the fact that, like, mm -hmm. yeah, it often reduces, like, sex in these very, like, uh, power, unbalanced, you know, very either yeah. borderline or actually abusive situations as as the fulfillment of like urges and not but not of desire and like it, it the yeah, choices yeah. And, like the way that they portray it does a really good job of like getting that across in a way that makes it clear that like you cannot interpret that you're you know you should not interpret this as like just oh i was so horny that i had to you know have sex with this person it's like well, no it's it's obviously something different than that and we are the way that we are like Free, the, the 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 literally the visuals that we are telling the story with are making that clear and i think that mm -hmm. it's something that yeah. a lot of uh maybe less engaged uh visual storytellers might not 
might not think to do to the detriment of the yeah, yeah. i wanted to point out like, sorry I, I can emp- no it's okay it's okay it, it's like i can empathize a fuckload with nurse bendy honestly right. like like I, I was mentioning like earlier this is a very personal series for me i do want to get into it from like a per- right. personal perspective i can empathize a lot with her there's like one of the big things that like the way that she's dissociating while she's trying to have se- while people are using her for sexual gratification right people are that, masturbating with her yeah yeah that Disgusting. is like from her perspective i can really really strongly empathize with that that's the only kind of thing that she's known She's just used, basically, to being used. Right. So all she can really do is mentally escape, compartmentalize it in another part of her mind. That's something that I've had to do as well. Like, and the the only exit that she has is to, like, completely fall apart and regress to a lower stage of development when she's in private, like... Yeah, that's something that right. a lot of people have to do, like, even completely involuntarily. She's probably not even making a conscious decision to, like, engage in that sort of fantasy. That's just, like, the only kind of refuge that she has from, like, an over-sexualized lifestyle. It's also fascinating the way that, like, I wouldn't say she's, like, a dissociative identity case, but she does have, like, multiple distinct ego states. Is that, like, either, either she's existing as purely a sexual object or as completely asexual and she flips between these two as a part of her daily life this is just the way that she exists the third option doesn't really occur to her that she can be yeah a a fully engaged sexual object who is because she's never had the opportunity to yeah yeah for sure uh do we want Uh, to do we want to move on from the sexual assault yes i think that yeah yeah we have to wrap Um, up the episode soon but we have to uh, um, there are some other episodes i wanted to talk about yeah let's pick one oh one that's hard uh i think we should do close face i think it's tempting i kind of want to do sacrifice oh sacrifice is one of my favorites honestly i yeah sacrifice sacrifice Hmm. Sacrifice is really, I really love the way that Sacrifice is structured, where... I'm also fine with doing Close Face, though, because that, that is one of the best yeah. episodes of the season. Uh, or we could just mm. do the series finale. Yeah, I, I think, well, I think we can go through Close Face quickly, because at least for me, like, I, I think what's interesting about Close Face is not too, too much about, like, the the story of the episode itself, but just, like, the the kind of refutation of the whole grim, dark interpretation that a lot of people yeah, have. Yeah, it's, show where it's, like, just, it, 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 yeah. show, it it's shows so that, like, no, it, p- people can, yeah, people can, like, find some little happiness and, like, some little comfortability in this life. Like, it's tough, obviously, especially because this is, like, a profoundly unhealthy city, but, like, it, it, it makes it clear that, like, their goal is not to just be, like, oh, you don't you want to yeah. be sad, but it's, it's to be, like, it's like what people complain about, and this is such a gay comparison, but what people compare, like, what people talk about George R. R. Martin doing, where it's like, oh, he just kills everyone you like just because he's mean. It's like, no, what he's trying to do is make it very clear that, like, the world is difficult and being a good person in the world is, like, almost impossible, but there mm-hmm. are little patches of hope that, like, can come when people are in a situation where 
the, you know, the circumstances allow it and they get lucky and they are genuinely trying to work for the greater good that like Mm -hmm. the little, there are little patches of spring in that winter and what we, and our job as like human beings is to try to foster those and let them survive. And I think, Mm -hmm. I think that close face is ending with like Stephanie and Putty, like Putty literally saying like, I'm okay that you are gay, like, but this would not have worked because this woman does not respect you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I love his reaction when he remembered how he uh, fucking, like, essentially ruined his daughter's entire date night, mm-hmm. like, ten years ago, right. and did not even realize, horrible shit, parent. Um, I, and the so other thing the, I want to say about so Close Face... so did the date, because she was a fucking asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to say about Close Face is, I think it was much more successful at being the happy ending, uh, or the happy the episode dumb. of the season, the dumb, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so. I... Dumb, dumb had moments that were very sweet, but yeah, the stepsister is not it. Not even that, but also the fact that like it tries, it like it tries to have this very happy ending, which like I think it it is happy, like the way it ends, but it underscores it with like, oh no, he beat a demented old man basically to death. Yeah, (laughs) like yeah, but like that's that's something that's going to sour the taste. Okay, sure, but at the same time, like part of the point of I think that scene is just, like, to demonstrate that, like, this is literally the only way that he knows how to process his emotions as of yet. Right. This is literally the only way that Joe can exist as an emotional being. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, he has to... And, like, it actually kind of enhances the sense of hope for me. Because in his normal house, like, the stepsister is nice enough, but, like, she's also kind of cold and, like, doesn't have, like, any real parental role to him. And the father is, like, by accounts, like, currently he's a demented old man. He can't show any affection to Joe. Maybe when he was younger, when his dementia was less advanced, he, like, a lot of indicators show that when he was younger, he was kind of an asshole and just, like did not care about him and did not care about any of the people in his life. And so all Joe knew was abandonment and violence. So like having, and so like the violence near the end kind of underscores, it doesn't like necessarily undermine it for me. It kind of like points out he's going to have like a lot of difficulty adapting to new life but at the same time there's a new hope for him because he's finally being shown like a new form (laughs) he's finally being shown a new form of human engagement one that hopefully doesn't involve random violence i guess that's i I can see that um that sorry and that is also a lot on an episode that we are not um yeah it, it, it is a tangent from a tangent. So 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 let's get back to mm-hmm. uh, sacrifice because I think sacrifice that's I think is a fantastic sequel episode. Actually, it's technically a prequel, but um, to nature. But is it a prequel? I thought sacrifice happens after because it's after because oh, it does. Yeah, because the leg thing. Leg. But then yeah. it, it, it the stuff yeah, overall, yeah. it's 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 a sequel. There, there's a bit at the end that's that's prequel, but um, sure, okay. There's a lot, mm-hmm. like, I think Sacrifice is very interesting. I think it's interesting how it ties in the previous episode, Sundays, which, one of the most awkward, ep- probably the most awkward episode, an uncomfortable episode yeah. of the season. Um, but, uh, and also awkward dark. in that, like, it does not particularly mm-hmm. work in the structure of the season. No. I no. Yeah. Yeah, and also has, like, too many fat yeah. jokes, honestly. And also, um, it, it's, 
I don't think the characters are strong enough to really anchor like a whole standalone episode, even though we've never cared about them like before the episode. It really uh, does feel like it's a tool for Putty to so basically sacrifice. Maybe some whatever uh, is an episode starts with uh, Reverend giving us uh, a speech in church, looking for some sort of hope or optimism. Sees moral, finds out oh his leg's broken. And, uh, just, like, soul-crushed. Uh, so then, you know, gives gives a more mm-hmm. depressed speech than he was, or sermon than he was looking for. And then it, the rest of the episode is him, Officer Papermouth, Clay, and, um, at, at, at a, a sort of, a, a bar, Dr. Quackenbush, or whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah. yeah. And Clay mm-hmm. just yelling at them, and them almost getting in a fight. And it is... Yeah. It's really just yeah, like, yeah... yeah Fuck Clay. Just fuck Clay. Yeah. Okay. You can see, you can, what makes it so good is you can, again, you can see the pain in what Clay is doing, like with this. Like, you can, you can, it does humanize him a lot with just him as he, like, tears into other characters. He is as much just tearing into himself as he does that. But yeah, he's just trying to comprehend. Like, a lot of this is just him trying to comprehend any possible motivations that the other characters could have. And he does tear into, like, their flaws a lot. But, like, then, like, it slowly evolves. Like, his ranting evolves because, like, after he's done, like, ripping the other people for having affairs and, like, being, like, over Potter's Wheel overdosing his wife and stuff like that, um... At the end, he's just, like, revealing that even the other characters with all of their, like, deep, deep flaws, all their awful, their awful actions, they're still capable of, like, having different motivations, different feelings, different, like... And just walking away from their... And walking away and not digging deeper like Clay does. Yeah, yeah, he just has a pure misery at the core of his being, and that's all he knows, and so he just... Clay is literally like a rabid dog. Mm-hmm. Like his only stimulus is pain because he everything in his life hurts so fucking much that the only thing he can think to respond with mm-hmm. is lashing out and making other people hurt as bad as he does. And like it's what makes him like sad to watch at times, but yeah. also what makes him kind of terrifying because it's like it like I can understand why he does this, but yeah. like, there is nothing that will stop him from doing this. It ties back to his establishing episode passing it's high oh, for to sure passing 100% to me yeah. where one of the things I was I was like reading about like n- narcissistic personality theory and whatnot and one of the things that's so fascinating to me about that is just like a narcissist like one the method of parenting that raises a child to be narcissistic is one that teaches the child that nothing really matters except for power and so, like, Clay definitely fucking learns that lesson. You can see, like, in uh, Sacrifice, the child that he was kind of coming out, just, like, not understanding anything after his mother's death. Like, he, everything in his life is destroyed. All this source of the meaning right. of his life is destroyed. And so he ends up just understanding the harsh truth, quote-unquote, that there really is nothing but power in the world. There's no real transcendent source of goodness or no, like, real nothing outside of power, nothing outside of that, like, no love, no anything like that. And just that the whoever has the power can use the power. 
And so the lesson he has to take from that is, well, I need to be the person with the power. Or I need to be allied with the person with the power, meaning God. Yeah, I need to be allied with the person with the power. I need to be, I need to have the power myself. I need to make sure that other people are miserable or else I'm going to be the only person, um, being downtrodden. Right. Just a very, very cutthroat, terrifying worldview. One that kind of like ties into like the examination of right wing politics as well. Because like if you look at like the way fascism is formed in like a population psychologically, like the way that's formed is just like by inculcating the view that neither nature is like in Charlie Looker's words, the seething abyss of violence yeah. and that there's nothing outside of violence and power and that all you can do is make sure that you're clawing your way to the top yeah, and, and securing your place on the hierarchy. And not to get like too history, like it makes sense that like a lot of the places where fascism was built are, or at even like the ur fascism that you could say we're living through now are, places that either got the really like short end of the stick after world war one and their populations truly were like subjected to like an unreasonable amount of violence that like could easily inculcate that belief. Mm-hmm. Cause like their lives literally were miserable or where we are now yeah. in America, where we are like at the forefront of capitalist alienation. Uh, and, and the fact that like mm-hmm. everything has become like a passive misery in terms of like nothing in life has meaning. Mm-hmm. And that leads to like, a kind of numb feeling of, of, uh, I guess the term would be passive violence or like the, the fact that like nothing, if nothing feels good, then like everything kind of feels bad. And I think that it's, it makes a lot of sense. Like that is where fascism is like the most readily, uh, incubated for sure. I hate to cut us off, but you're running way past time. So I, I think we'll have to wrap this up here and say that I think that this is, one of the most uh, psychologically astute, um, yeah. thoughtfully made, observant series of television yep. I've ever seen, and I'm really I, glad I, that we got I, to the, talk about so it. You want to actually do a part two of this episode? I'd be point. down with that because yeah. I think there's yeah, a there lot we haven't lot. explored, like, we like all this stuff the... about like domestic abuse and Protestant yeah. fundamentalism. Yeah. yeah, what? What? Yeah, if, we should do a part. How two, about honestly. next week is part two, and then we go do fuck it. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm done with that. Yeah. yeah sure. That also means Let's next week's week off. Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All so right. hey. I guess, yeah, tune in to next week's those old good old fashioned values for the finale of Mus- this conversation. Yep. Yeah. Bye-bye. Hell yeah. Musical number, maybe? maybe? Oh, of course. What would this be without musical numbers? I really got to go okay. right now. Goodbye. I'm stopping. Yeah. Right now. Bye-bye. Okay, get to the words. There's a blurry girl at the end of my When she bats away, I don't know where she goes That crazy close face She's really different, but she's kinda like you But her eyes are bigger, and there's not always two When I lay in bed, she appears out of nowhere If it ever was not close face, I would be so scared Or if she got a little smaller and a little more in focus she'd have to legally change her name and there would be no kiss you kind of need close face close face you kind of need close face i hit the record button the record button 
I just I hit, have the record hit record. Button. Okay. Me too. Record. And then we do. Uh, Andy, just checking to make sure we're not thing. coming in on your audio, correct? Uh, I don't believe you're coming in on my audio. Okay. Okay. We've had that problem a lot. Yeah, it's it, it can be frustrating, uh, especially because this needs to go up by tomorrow. But we've only had it a couple yeah. times. Okay. All right. So we do the clap thing. Okay. Countdown? Yeah, let's do the countdown. Yep. All right. So it's three, two, one, and then clap. Yeah. Three, two, one, 